I uh, am really happy today to um, be able to introduce Janine Pung. And Janine is going to come and give us a Mother's Day message. And I know the Lord has placed something special on her heart. So if you would just uh, extend a welcome for us, to, uh, for Janine. And uh, just welcome. Come on up, Janine, and just speak to us within the Lord's heart. Amen. And then at the end of service, we have a little gift for all of the mothers and all the ladies in our church. So please don't uh, sneak out without a little gift from us as well. Janine. Amen. Thank you for... I'm just really glad to be here today to be able to share the word. I love the word. I love reading it. And I know that every time I open it, I'm going to be changed, right? Because it's God's word. It is the living word of God. It's not just any other book. So I do want to, you know, Pastor Mike already welcomed my mom and my sister. And I wanted to open up just by telling you that Mother's Day is always really special. Not only because I love my mom, but because I was born on Mother's Day. So, this, as the story goes, um, my family had gone to church that morning, and my mom had four other children already. So, and she remembered the being in pain and knew it's coming. You know, it, she, me, and um, and I, and she told me that she could only think that I need to get these kids fed. <laughs> and I tell the story because that's a an example of a mother's heart. She's about to go have another, but she's thinking, I need to get these four kids fed and get, you know, her mom, my grandma, to come over and watch the rest of the kids so she could go have me. So, you know, I teased her sometimes that, you know, I'm the best Mother's Day gift she'll ever get. But then I also know the truth is that she's the best birthday present I'll ever get. So... Yeah, it's pretty cool. So we always celebrate every year. We celebrate together, Mother's Day and my birthday. So it's just special to have her here, too. And, you know, I just wanted to talk about how um, I have a a message about, like, this wonderful gift for moms. And it costs nothing, but yet it's priceless. Okay, so we're going to look at some scriptures first before I tell you exactly what it is, so we can set the stage here. So let's go to the beginning, which is Genesis 1. And anyone who's ever heard me um, speak before might get scared at this moment because they'll be afraid that I won't stop until we hit Revelation. (laughs) But I will. I will. So um, I'm actually checking the time right now. Okay. So anyway, um, in Genesis 1, basically just to go to the, the first verse, I wanted to just set the pattern. I know this is probably not new to most of you, but it always fascinates me. And I love the Old Testament because there's just anchors found throughout the Old Testament. And in, the, in verse 2, it talks about, you know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then throughout these verses, the six days of creation... There's repeated references to God said, and then God saw. And I'm not going to go through all six days because you can do that at home if you'd like. But it really is about the power of God to say and then to see. And then let's go to verse 26 in chapter 1. And it says, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image 
after our likeness and let them have complete and authority complete authority over the fish of the sea the birds of the air the tame beasts and over all of the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth so that's pretty thorough everything so god created man in his own image in the image and likeness of god he created him male and female he created them and so i i like to tie those together because god has given us his likeness we are created in his likeness now let's go to john 1 And again, verse 1, St. John 1, 1. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word. And in my Bible, the parenthesis says Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So we're created in his image. He became the word, which is evidence of why we call it the living Bible, because this is another, like, form. You know, basically, this is the living word because, you know, Jesus became the word. And that's why you can read the Bible over and over. You can read, you know, you can have a favorite passage that you've read hundreds of times. And you'll continue to learn. He'll show you, and the Holy Spirit will teach you new things from that passage over and over and over. Which is why if I ever hear people saying they're bored reading the Bible, my first question is, are you born again? Because... He removes the veil and, you know, he teaches us with the Holy Spirit. And I feel like a lot of times people just haven't, like, pressed through. You know, they still have the lie of the, I don't know the word, I can't understand the word. But he is the ultimate teacher. And since he created you in his likeness, we all have the capability. And in another scripture, it says that we have the mind of Christ. So we all can understand. You just have to believe the truth that you have the mind of christ instead of the lie that says you can't understand it okay so and then let's go to verse 12 in the same chapter in saint john and it says but to as many as did receive and welcome him which would be jesus in the word he gave the authority power privilege right to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. So we have the power. This is through our salvation, New Testament scripture, um, talking about how when we believe on him, we have power, privilege, and authority. And this is how we all know that we're going to be able to exercise this gift. Let's go to Romans 10. I'm about to tell you what it is, so hold on. Start in verse 8. The word God's message in Christ is near you and on your lips and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis and object of faith which we preach. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord 
and in your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth, he confesses and declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. So that shows the connection between our belief and our confession and how important it is that we take things from up here and we speak them out. Because going back to Genesis 1, God said and he saw. So we say we're created in his image and we see. And the truth of this word that I think a lot of people don't like is that if you're saying good things, you're going to see good things. If you're saying bad things and murmuring and complaining all the time about stuff, you're going to see some bad things. Okay? So this gets me to the priceless free gift for every mother, and it can change your life in any area. And that is words of love. Because God, words are so important to God. I mean, he gave us this word. He gives us the spoken word, you know, for, you know, we have to hear the word as well. That builds our faith. And so we can make a choice and we can say whatever is, flipping through our minds and, you know, and it can be, it can, you know, tear things down and tear people down. Or we can choose to speak God's words, you know, holy, powerful words of knowledge that change people's lives forever. And I think this message fits perfectly within the family dynamic because at home we're the most relaxed. And we expect our loved ones to receive us as we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right? But my caution is, don't let the ugly take over. (laughs) Because, you know, our words create, just as God's words created. And the example I have is, Words helped create your marriage. And words helped create your children to make you mothers and wives and husbands and and have a a nucleus, you know, good family. Now, there were other things involved. I understand that. But without the sweet, kind words, it would never have gotten anywhere else. So I want to encourage all husbands and all children to do a little experiment on mom, and I don't mean in a manipulative way. I mean to share authentically your appreciation for her, to regularly, not just today, but start today. <laughs> if, if your home has become a place where you're starting to feel drained or maybe you're not as excited to run there as you used to be, you can change it. And I'll tell you, husbands and children have the power to speak loving, kind words right out of the heavens 
that will make that woman so happy and so at peace and, and so wanting to give to them that that home will click right along. Because, you know, the moms aren't going to beg for it. Now, I did learn early on that my, my husband's a man of few words. I'm a woman of many. It's just the way it is. So I kind of prompt him, and I don't feel guilty about it or weird or anything. I'll just say something to him like, how much do you love me, honey? <laughs> and he knows that I'm just seeking some comment. It's not that I'm insecure about his love, but I love to hear him talk about it. And uh, so then I'll follow up, like he'll say, you know, oh, I just love you so much. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> now, I know that may sound silly to some of you women, but I feel like if you have needs, don't expect your husband or your children to be mind readers. Be open. <laughs> Yes. And so I'm just really open about that kind of stuff, you know? One of the things that is fun in our house, and this just happened over time, I guess, is when I would get, like, moody or whatever, you know, one thing my husband is really good at is not jumping on the bandwagon and being moody back at me. Now, he does sometimes, though. He's not perfect. But, um, so, but what he does is he laughs, and now, why that, that could infuriate some women, but it does not, it doesn't mean, I kind of go, oh, I'm being ridiculous. And I, and it just diffuses the situation. So that works for us. And, you know, we, every family has their own little somethings, you know, that work. But, you know, those are, that's not even a word, but it's an expression that changes my mood or my, what's going on in my head. So um, I think words are, they're just a beautiful and wonderful gift, and we often take them for granted, and we take, we can, we're humans. One of the shortfalls of still being in this earth suit is we can take each other for granted and not really do this, and that's express ourselves. And I feel like when we get up in the morning and we, we determine that we're going to speak God's words to people, in our family and beyond. There's just wonderful opportunities to do that. And we're not all, we're, nobody's perfect about it. But it's a way to train our thinking to say, okay, God, you know, not just I'm reading your word, but I want it coming out of me as well. I want that love language. I want, you know, that, uh, that, that burden-removing, yoke-destroying power uh, that you want to set people free around us throughout the day. I want that coming out of me. And that means that I have to be willing to surrender my own self in a way. You know what I mean? Like put your own self on the, on the back burner because we all are, we have many opinions and thoughts that we want to share first. But when we're born again... We become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And we're given a new nature, right? And so the new nature is always wanting to deliver God's word and to be, you know, kind of like that secret agent, that 007 for God. And the, the lower, I call it the lower nature, the old man, instead wants to have his or her say 
uh-uh-uh. And I mean business. And that's never the good choice. Just not for me anyway. Because I want my way. You know, we want our own way. It's just the honest truth of it. We want our own way. But our way isn't the best way. Our way would have taken us straight to hell. And our way isn't, we don't know everything that needs to be done in people's lives. God created them. He knows every nook and cranny of their character. He knows what you can say. The three words that will set them free from that horrible depression that they've been struggling with. Or whatever it might be. I know on Facebook the other day, I had someone who was, they were sincerely sounding suicidal. And it's not a high drama person that I'm accustomed to kind of the, you know, that flippant high drama stuff. And so I saw a lot of people jumping on and commenting, and they were all good comments. And um, it happened that a couple days later, because my birthday was actually yesterday, this year, and um, I, he wished me happy birthday on Facebook. And I kind of said, how are you doing? And checked in with him. And he said, you know, he was over the hump. And, and that's a good thing. But it was really the love and the time that everybody took to post something. And, you know, I'm not, I think that Facebook is way overrated for drama. But this was a sincere situation. This is like a good example of how you know. He quickens you in your inner man. And he says, respond. So I remember it because... Herman was, want, was wanting to go to sleep, and I was kind of doing a last-minute thing on my iPad, and I went just a second. Like, I didn't really even hear him until I got this post completed. And um, those, there's opportunities everywhere. I mean, we, we can grasp any tool that anybody says may be a, you know, a negative or a worldly or a bad thing, and we can use it for the glory of God. He is bigger and those words were tight words, but they still had power. They helped him get through and say, you know what? This is ridiculous. I can't go to that extent, you know, whatever was going on in his mind. And we all go through those hard times. And it's important that we're in tune, in tune with the Holy Spirit, in tune with what's going on around us with other people, instead of, again, me, 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 me. I want my way. So um, let's go to John 6. And we're going to start showing some of the other things that the, word, that the Bible says about words. Because I couldn't possibly cover them all. There are so many. But in John 6, 63, <laughs> it says, It is the Spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. So he speaks, this is Jesus, red letter. He's talking to the people around him about uh, what I say to you is, is spirit and life. The flesh profits nothing. And we need to, by focusing on the words that we say, you know, really... We can purposely deliver life. We can speak to the very spirit being of who we all are. Because I know you all know that by being, you know, we're all spirit beings. 
you know, we have a spirit, a soul, and a body. And, you know, the spirit is really what's born again. The soul is what we're always trying to reconcile with, you know, how our behavior, what words we do use, whatever. And the body is just our mode of transportation, basically, right? So um, I just wanted to talk about how by purposely coming home every day or by making that phone call or even texting your wife or your mom and, you know, not because you want something, but because your desire is to build her up. And, you know, if you establish this with your mom or your wife, it's like training ground to establish it in the rest of your life. Because I've seen people get exactly what they prayed for. Answers to prayer, big stuff, great stuff. And then over time, they started saying negative things and complaining all the time about what it was and blah, 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 blah. And the blessing turned into a curse because of their own words. The situation didn't change. They just became disenchanted, so to speak, or, you know, just didn't want to, you know, maybe found that it came with, you know, overalls or work clothes and weren't prepared to do the work that came, you know, one specific example I can give is a friend who had prayed and prayed and prayed about getting this business. Prayer was answered, got the business, and it was a lot of hours and a lot of hard work. And over a few years, suddenly, you know, she was letting everything lag, you know, her time in the word or her appreciation to be around godly people so metal could sharpen metal. And and next thing, you know, she hates the whole thing. And she doesn't do it anymore. She doesn't do it anymore. Because her words created the wrong outcome instead of reeling them in, which is why I am such a proponent for reading the Bible and going to church. Because you... Just by being around other people, by, by being in the word, by, you know, praising the Lord and singing unto him, your words are, they're right words, they're good words, there's adjustments that get made. You can get off track so easily. We all can get off track so easily if we don't do, you know, just kind of, I say the work, but the work is really in submitting. So when you decide that you're going to bless your mom or bless your wife or whomever it might be, there might be somebody that the Holy Spirit is putting in your mind right now. It's really submitting to God. It, you, it takes a level of humility and nobleness to put them first, right? Because that's what you're doing is you're putting him ultimately number one. And then you're putting them before yourself as you make that commitment to build them up. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 31. Okay, we're going to be in Proverbs for a bit, so just kind of hang out. I can get to 31. I'm going to stop at 12. On my way. 12.18. Says, There are those who speak rashly, like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. 
It's pretty self-explanatory. Slow down. You know, it says that, you know, quick to think, slow to anger. You know, what is, how does it go? Slow to speak. You know, slow down. Slow down enough so that your words aren't rash. Because, you know, particularly in women, you know, I don't know what it is about men because I'm not a man. But guys can, like, get into it. And like five minutes later, it's completely over, and they're swatting each other on the butt to go make the next basket. I mean, I don't understand it. <laughs> but women, it takes longer. It really is like a sword. It really is like a stab. If you find that, you know, maybe you haven't been sensitive, and you thought, well, that was no big deal. I didn't say anything wrong. If she's, give, if she's quiet, and it's a little chilly at this moment, that's what's happened is you've said something rashly, and she is wounded. Wounded. Now, we need to be, you know, slow to offend. You know, women, we have our part to play. We can't just go around being bleeding hearts, and, oh, you're my feelings, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's ridiculous. But I think if both people are focused on, you know, and this includes the kids, if you're focused on building each other up and, and you're also, you know, just really focused on letting God be, you know, the center of your home and, and what motivates you, who motivates you to do what. You know, this, this just gets so much better. It gets so much easier. I find also that these are things that you kind of work out a lot in your marriage over the years. You know, you kind of figure it out. You know, you kind of know without saying some things. But early on, I'm telling you, guys, set the stage well. She wants to hear all the words and she wants to hear them often. And the kids, you know, it's like I can have had, I could have had like a really tough day. Lots of stress, you know, clients bouncing off the walls. And I'm just like, oh, okay, great, I got through it. I'm on my way home, and I come in the door, and that little one runs up, and she gives me a hug. And it is like a waterfall of love. And it's kind of like all that stuff just goes whoosh. And I'm like, oh, that feels good. Liquid love. (laughs) And I think that's, you know, why God has created the family unit, because it helps us understand his love better. It helps us. It challenges us, which helps us grow. You know, but what a blessing to be able to have that expression and that I love you, Mommy, just make the world is suddenly a new place to be. And it's really beautiful. So let's go to um, Proverbs 18. And verse 8 says, The words of a whisperer or talebearer are as dainty morsels. They go down into the innermost parts of the body. And those dainty morsels that are being described here are negative, you know, they're the whisperer, the talebearer. They're the things that need to just be taken out of your mouth before they're even spoken. And... Um, that's why I think sometimes we need to recognize which we're operating in. Are we operating in, you know, the old man who likes to hear gossip and it feels a little bit, like, exciting or titillating? Or are we operating in God? Are we operating in our new creature? And, and we're saying words that are, that, that, you know, might even be hard to say, especially if you were, like, raised in a, a family where, you know, the love words and all that huggy stuff wasn't being thrown around all the time. It may be a little difficult for you to do that, but... It really, I, I just remember when I got born again, 
I went from being this person, I was not a hugger. I, I mean, my whole thing was, what do you want? You know? <laughs> and when I got born again, I was going to this church, and you walk in the door, and everybody hugs you. And at first, I was really uncomfortable. But they were very open with their affections and, and how, what they would say. And all that really felt very family to me. It was like I was living, you know, six states away from home. But suddenly I felt that sense of family that you get in church and the hugs became natural. So it was, for me, it was evidence of the new creature um, awakening, you know. So let's go to 1820 as well. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequence of his words. He must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it. And that's going to be really tasty, sweet, wonderful life fruit or really nasty death fruit. And just remember, the encouraging part of this is you can change it. If you find that you've been somebody who's been using negative words and, you know, maybe you feel like by the time you get home at night, you're exhausted and you're you're worded out. I mean, there's been so many times that, you know, if I've been on the phone all day or whatever's been happening and I just feel like, I don't want to talk anymore. But then, you know, my drive home is when I work on refueling and preparing for not stage two of the day, but the best stage of the day, right? And so I remember that when I, you know, I could just walk in the door and drop my stuff. And and there's some days that I'm just, I feel like I've poured it all out, you know. But, you know, you just get even more energized because of the love of God that resides in you and in your family members and throughout your home. It is that liquid love that just pours through. Okay, and chapter 21 in Proverbs, verse 23 He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. Boy, does that have an easy and direct application to the family life. You know, if you feel like, and, you know, wives, this works the other way too. If you feel like that you're just not enjoying each other, you know, we all have days when it's a little less sparkly. (laughs) Guard your mouth. And your tongue, because you don't want the troubles of your own creative force coming into your family. You know, there's been times that I've said things, and like when I get my act together, I'll just go, God, please tear up the root of that seed. I really don't want the harvest of that stupid statement. And just, you know, forgive me and cover it with the blood of Jesus. I mean, that I've done that because I'll be like, oh, how'd that get out? That was so dumb. That was so dumb. So anyway, it really is just a process. And it can, it, it can change how you feel about your work, all kinds of things in your life. You know, I'm having to kind of screw that one down right now, you know, just thinking that, you know, you're so blessed. You really have a great job. You do what you love in northern Michigan where you love to do it. You know, get a grip. <laughs> get a grip. <laughs> All right. So let's go to Psalm 141. 
to Psalm. And we're going to talk about some application at this point that's more than just, you know, kind of thinking in your mind. We really need to, you know, make this uh, a matter of prayer. So let's see. Psalm 141, verse, start in verse 3. I'm going to read it in the King James uh, first. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked words with men that work iniquity. And let me not eat of their dainties. Now, doesn't that remind you of the proverb? Let me not eat of their dainties. You know, there's this one co-worker who's just, you know, really in a tough situation. And she's always wanting to come and lament over another co-worker with me. And I finally just had to raise the standard. And I said, look, this is not right. It's not good, but it's not worth our energy. We cannot continue to waste our energy on this. This is nothing. This is out. This is what I told her. This is outside our sphere of influence. We will not make this decision. There's nothing we can do that can make this change. And it's helped so much. But I had to get real clear because when I would sit there and like change the subject or whatever, it just kept coming around. (laughs) And it's because she's hurting. But I thought, you know, I have a relationship with her that I can just get straight. And I tend to prefer that. You know, I don't want to dance around all day. I'd rather just tell you what I think about it. And you can either like it or not. And I'm okay with that whatever, but this was, it was good because we're not, we're just not wasting our time and energy on it. And, you know, God is bigger. He's the one who knows how to fix this and what to do about it and whose hearts need to be moved on. I'm not him. I don't want to be him. I'm glad I'm not the Holy Spirit. I don't need to be anybody's Holy Spirit. So in the, just a couple of things to leave you with is in the Bible, words are referred to as seeds. So there, you can go to like Mark 4. There's a couple. Matthew's got one where he talks about the parable of the, the sower and the seed. And um, that it really just talks about, you know, how the, what, when words go in, what they do, you know, some uh, fall by the wayside. And you can go over that, that um, couple of sections in the Gospels. But also the tongue is referred to as a rudder. And I'm, I'm in the shipping industry, so the rudder, the little tiny thing, steers this whole gigantic ship. And it talks about how it's also incredibly difficult to tame. Actually, I think it says impossible, right? Doesn't it? <laughs> but, you know, there's always work to do. There's always surrendering to do. And, you know, we are born again. We're not in a lost, fallen state where we're just doing an uphill battle all the time and we just can't manage it. He is here to help us. He longs for us to release his words, his power, his freedom, the things that need to pour over the people that are around us every day. It's why we're here. I mean, if we did not have work to do here on earth to glorify God, we could just go to heaven. But... We're here because he wants to be glorified. He wants to move through our lives to change other people's. 
And it's through love and building up and showing people that opposite world mentality, you know, not being, not, not deciding that you're going to, you know, eat on those dainty morsels. And, but instead, spe- you know, speak hope and speak power. You'll be surprised. You know, words of knowledge are not something that is confined to the building, you know, a church building. You know, they're wonderful when they're delivered in a church, but they're even better when they're out there. And you say just what needs to be said to that person. And, you know, mothers are no exception. It's so, you can just do the experiment. You know, say what you know will minister to her heart and watch her just go. (sighs) I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. It's so powerful. It is you being that created in his image child of God. Okay? Let's see. Hmm. Well, I think we are going to close. Um, let's go to James so that we can show the, the very heart of God through these words. And I'm not going to read the whole section, but again, if you want to continue on this journey, um, chapter 3, just read the whole chapter really slowly. And it talks, this is where it talks about the challenge of the tongue. You know, in verse 8, it says, you know, but the human tongue can be tamed by no man. But that's why we have the Holy Spirit. He will help us tame that tongue. And um, down toward the end, really to get to the heart of the matter, I'm going to read this in the King James 2, verses 17 and 18, just because they are really lengthy in the um, Amplified, and I don't want you to get lost in all the descriptors. So in verse 17, it says, you know, this is basically after hearing all about the importance of words and the tongue. Um, well, let's start with 16.4. Where everything in strife is, there is confusion in every evil, evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Verse 18, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And this is the outcome. This is the outcome of what we have the opportunity to live by doing all of these things about controlling our words. And, you know, when we don't, we just have to surrender. It's really your emotionalism that causes the wrong words in the first place. So the first thing would be to slow down. Think about it. You know, I think sometimes we feel like, one of the things I've learned from my employer, she's very good about waiting, about not responding to somebody immediately. And I've learned that that is so important because I may not respond to somebody for a day or two. Now, while they may be uncomfortable waiting for my email response, it's because I'm, if I didn't respond immediately for a reason. I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm thinking about what's right, God. What do you want me to say? What, what about this? How should I handle this? And it's, I've learned that it's always better. And then also, when you're delivering these words, especially today, there's no wrapping paper required, but eye to eye, Take her hands, look into her eyes, just like you used to when you were dating or just like a child would when they really, you know, are like, Mama, you're not listening to me. Mama, 
mama, mama, you remember, mama, mama, (laughs) and really say what's on your heart from God for her. And I guarantee you, it'll be the best gift you will ever give her. And she'll appreciate it. Even the cards that I've gotten for my birthday and Mother's Day, they were just so wonderfully worded and well thought out and personally picked. And they touched my heart. And someone might think, but that's just a card. But they say all those sweet things that I know they know and they don't always say, right? So anyway, thank you for this opportunity. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. Amen. Thanks, Janine. That was really good. Thank you. Amen. Thanks. You're welcome. You know, there's also some wisdom in that 24-hour rule, too, of um, when you get an email and you don't respond right away, go ahead and write your response, but don't send it for 24 hours. Then go ahead and read it tomorrow and make sure that's just really what you wanted to say. Amen. I want to just end this morning with a little video that's going to send us out good on Mother's Day, talking about words, exactly what Janine was talking about, but let's enjoy this little video. And again, moms, make sure, and ladies, make sure you grab Jenna. In fact, I'm going to put you in charge. After service is over, if you would make sure that every mom and woman walking out today would get a little gift, okay? Amen. Here we go. We're going to write a song for all the moms, and so we want you guys to help us write the song. Does that sound fun? We need a name for our song. Do you have any ideas on what we could call it? Maybe I love moms or something. I, I like the I like the or something or something. A love song that means I love you. <laughs> superhero moms. Superhero yeah. moms. Yes. If your mom was a superhero, what would her superpower be? Super fast at cleaning. If your mom was a superhero. <laughs> no, I I can picture her in my head. It doesn't look good. Does your mom do anything that's funny? If she sees a cookie, she really can't eat it. She sees a cookie, she really wants to eat it, but she knows she probably shouldn't. But she still eats it. So she still eats it. What's your favorite thing that your mom makes? Mm, biscotti. Are there any words that rhyme with biscotti? Um, Eddie. 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 Do you know somebody named Eddie? Mm-mm. What's something that we could sing that's about how good your mom's food is? See. Cooks a lot of meatloaf. Cooks a lot of meatloaf. What rhymes with meatloaf? Meatloaf. Meatloaf. (laughs) Meatloaf. Where does she like to go on trips? Florida and Bixby. Florida and Bixby. Those are two really nice places. Where could could we get some money to give our moms an awesome present? Underground buried. Underground buried? So we need to find some money that's buried. So we got to dig for it. How, How much money do you think we can find if we dig for it? Um... Seven. Seven. Because it's kind of hard to find money underground. Yeah, it's it true. is. All right, what, what do you think would happen if all the moms in the world were gone? Well, it would be really dusty. Really, really dusty. Well, the kids and the dads would have to do all the work. What do you think would happen if all the moms in the world were gone? Uh, I wouldn't get any more cookies. I wouldn't get any breakfast. My dad likes the pasta a lot, so I would only get pasta. But I would maybe scream in the world until a mom pops up. 
Only thing we would be watching would be, uh, probably be football because a lot of boys like football. Do you have any any words that we could start the song with? My mom is great. I love her shoes. I'm gonna buy her outfit and a unicorn. You are the best mom in the whole wide world. Cause they like me and my son. I love her smile and I love her love and I love that she cares about me. Ha ha! <laughs> I think that we just wrote the best song in the wait, whole world. Wait, wait. This one goes out to you, moms. Imagine a world without moms Where we have to drive ourselves around All I see is football All I eat is pasta No meatloaf, holy loaf to be found This is a love song that means I love you I love moms or something It's not the same when you're not around Oh, I love moms or something If there were no more moms in Happy Mother's Day. Amen. We love you, moms. Father, we just love you, and we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you're sending us out with a smile on our face and a little bit of laughter. Lord, thank you for the message that Janine brought to us today. Help us to be reminded of the words and how important they are. And, God, that we would express what you would have in our hearts for those around us. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this great day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be blessed today.